everyone. Welcome to Conservative Mama Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah B., and this is the podcast that's fighting back against liberal lunacy, the lies of feminism, and of course, the destruction of the progressive left by refocusing us on those F-bombs that truly matter, faith, family, friendship, and now more than ever, freedom. As always, you know how to reach me. You can catch me over on Instagram at USMC, as well as my backup account, which should be my primary account, but it still isn't. Um, Conservative Mama Podcast, and you may always feel free to reach out to me uh, for any reason, show ideas, comments, questions, uh, whatever. Uh, you could catch me at Conservative Mama Podcast at gmail.com, and I am happy to respond back. Today, ladies and gentlemen, it is April 14th. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? We are flying through the month of April, <gasps> and um, I just realized that I did not wish my girlfriend happy birthday today. <laughs> I am the worst friend ever. Ah, I got to do that before I go to bed tonight. So just time just flies, doesn't it? And just the day just gets away from you, and you're like, oh my goodness. So happy birthday to my girlfriend, who I know doesn't even listen to my podcast, but that's okay. Shannon, if for any reason you are listening to me here tonight, um, happy birthday. I did not forget. Uh, I just did not. I didn't call. Uh, time just got away from me. Can you believe it? What a crappy friend. Uh, anyway, um, so happy birthday to her. And hopefully everybody is feeling a little bit more like spring. I know it's starting to look a little bit more like spring out there, but here in Northern Illinois, it doesn't feel like spring at all. I think it was a whopping 49 degrees today. Woohoo! Ugh, awful. I know my Southern listeners are like, hey, hey, but you know what? Don't want to hear it. Okay, so we're going to just jump right in. Tonight, um, I want to talk mainly to my female listeners. This doesn't mean, gentlemen, you need to tune out because there's always something for everyone, right? You never know what I'm going to say. But um, I do have a majority of female listenership. And actually, I have a pretty good percentage of young women, you know, women who are still in their, their early 20s. So hooray, that's awesome. I love that. Um, you know, I think what... What I want to talk about tonight is something that I wish I would have heard in my 20s, and I wish I would have been mature enough to hear it in my 20s, um, which are two different things. Like, we all know that um, we've heard wisdom probably all throughout our lives, right? Like, everybody knows, oh, you know, our grandparents will tell us something, and we're like, meh, whatever, you're old, you don't know. Um, but then years later, you're like, wow. Grammy was right, or, you know, mom was right. Um, it's weird how wisdom shows up in our lives very early on, but we're too young to hear it. So hopefully, um, ladies, if you are listening to me, um, thank you. <laughs> uh, but hopefully this will, I don't know, strike a chord with you and you will hear it in a way that um, I wish I would have heard when I was in my 20s. But I really think that, um, especially young women today, they are 
really a lot more worldly than we were, than my generation was at the same age. So the millennials, I think, are a lot more worldly. And Gen Z, the the, the earlier Gen Z, I guess, um, they're a lot more worldly. Like they're, And I think a lot of it is because of social media, right? But um, I don't think that they are necessarily as resistant, not all of them. If you're listening to me, you're clearly not as resistant to um, conservatism, obviously, and um, right thinking than, uh, you know, I think the majority of people would like to think, right? They're always like, oh, those millennials, you know. Look, folks, millennials are going to take over at some point. So it's just inevitable. Um, But they're not all of those goofballs that you see on social media um, and whatnot. They're just not. There's a lot of wisdom that comes out of even the millennials. Like they seem to recognize wisdom and then they find a new path with it. Where I think for the generations before them, especially mine, um, we missed a lot. So what I want to talk about tonight is femininity, true femininity, and this idea that we've been sold through mainstream media, through social media, through magazines, through um, music, through uh, music videos, all of these things that suggest, um, oh, it's feminine, but really it isn't. It's vulgar. It is the opposite of what God had intended for women. Um, You know, one of the reasons I enjoy the traditional Catholic Mass so much is because we we wear veils inside. And to my non-Catholic friends, and even to uh, my Catholic friends who, you know, are part of the the Novus Ordo Mass, um, where they don't veil, and it's very, very different, um, it can seem like a complete weirdo outsider, what is that, right? But the reason behind it is because we are trying to embrace and honor the femininity that um, Our Lady represented, represents, right? Represented in her physical lifetime and represents still in her life in heaven, in her work as she drives us and brings us and pulls us kicking and screaming um, sometimes to her son. We are, she's the role model. She is the epitome of what feminine is supposed to be. Act, look like, the whole nine. And yet, what we have today is so opposite to that so opposite to that. Um, the immodesty, and I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, I mean, like, oh, I'm the most modest person. You know, I own a bikini, so that would probably throw me into the category of immodesty, right? But what we have today is the absolute abject uh, difference to what Our Lady presents herself as and has always presented herself as you know you look at everything around us social media you look at music videos you listen to words in music and everything and what you have is this this disgusting uh display 
it's almost as if there is some sort of um, drive in humanity for the ugly, whereas at, at, for so long, it was a drive towards beauty. In fact, you could use architecture as an example. You look before um, you know the 1960s at architecture. Think about the Art Deco movements. Think about the uh, Renaissance. Think about the Baroque periods, right? The architecture of those times were they were it was beautiful. It was beautiful. You think of the Victorian era with the you know the sweeping, curved uh, furniture and the ornate. Um, houses with all the the gingerbread on the outside, right? These beautiful um, pieces of artwork that people lived in, in some cases, you know, uh, Louis the 14th and 15th, the furniture, the opulence, it was beautiful. And then came the 60s, where we had um, the feminist rebellion, uh, Marxism, communism uh, really took off in America and in so many ways contributed to the ugly, if not in many ways ushered in the ugly. And then you look at the architecture from those times. And you look at everything from 1960 sort of forward, you know, where form meets function. You know, it just, it's, you went from, you know, these art deco buildings, which are beautiful. Everybody loves these historic towns, right? Like little historic towns like Galena here in Illinois. Everyone loves historic towns. Why? Because they're beautiful. They're nostalgic. They're quaint. They, we, it takes us back to a simpler time, a time when things were less ugly, I suppose, at least visually. But then you get, into, you know, a lot of modern cities and everything is really, you know, what are you looking at? It concrete walls, you know, tiny windows, just, um, it, it becomes very, uh, um, soul sucking on some level. Like it just doesn't inspire creativity. It doesn't inspire the imagination. It's not inspirational at all. And that's just architecture. So now femininity itself as the 1960s erupted and we had this, you know, third wave feminism that really undid so very much and sold young women in this lie of, you know, we don't need men and we can be, you know, whatever we want to be and children are a burden and, you know, you want to climb the corporate ladder. And it really undid the beauty before it. When you look at pictures of, um, you know, the, you know, just your grandparents or, you know, your great grandparents for you younger women, um, you look at them from the, the fifties and the forties and the thirties and, and all, and these are just family pictures. And, and you think, boy, were they always dressed up? They always looked so glamorous, so put together, so ladylike, always looked so ladylike. And the gentlemen, the men always looked nice. Um, I don't mean to say that um, they were always dressed well. Like, I mean, if you were in a coal mine, you were not dressed well, obviously, right? Not everybody was walking around dressed like a banker. But women wore dresses, they were modest, they were figure flattering, whether or not they were designed to be that way, right? 
Um, and men, you know, they looked like men. People wore hats. People held the door for each other. Um, and I'm romanticizing maybe just a little bit, but when you look at those photos, this is what you see. And then you move towards the 1960s and it is a glaring opposition. All of a sudden, you know, you have the sexual revolution and these lies that were spread just as Our Lady at Fatima warned that they would. Feminism came out of, uh, you know, the Marxist revolution and communism, uh, you know, all of that out of Russia. When, you know, she said Russia will spread her errors, and she, and she did. Um, so you look at what the feminists pushed in the 1960s, you know, this, oh, you know, the woman who stays home to raise her children, she's a leech on, on society and her husband. And they really th- just put this whole thing down. So women went into the workforce en masse. I mean, you know, now, now you had to. And now we live in a society where most families can't function unless both parents are working, which means a third party is raising their children, whether it's a grandparent or a nanny or someone else. Someone else is raising the children. But children were supposed to be at home, being raised by the mother, homeschooled. Um, then you can't have the state telling your children what to think, turning them into little socialists, um, Marxists, and then, you know, telling them, hey, look, you know, America sucks, and so on and so forth, right? Like, let's let's try socialism again. No, children were, were raised in the home. They were catechized in the home. They, um, you know, they grew up with a respect for authority, because they understood, you know, especially in the Christian homes, that um, the first authority is God. But it was, it was downplayed by the feminist movement. Oh, you know, this is just terrible. You know, made it seem like it was just awful. Women had no contribution to society, um, but they were. Women build societies. Men might build empires and countries and the whole nine, but women, it's said, women build society. And you can judge a society by its women. And now we look around us at the global scale slaughter of the unborn, the most innocent among us. Women applaud. It's not enough to just, you know, have an abortion. Now we have to cheer our abortion. We have to shout our abortion, right? That's what they say. And for my friends who have chosen that for themselves, um, they've not been happy. It's not something that they would shout it that you know nobody talks to them and says hey look you know there's a psychological uh burden with this there's a moral burden with this there's a pain that um you are going to have to deal with they don't tell them that planned parenthood doesn't tell them that you know but the feminists say you know oh let's shout our abortion right as if it's something to be lauded you you're against bullying but not murdering the most innocent the most um vulnerable it's amazing to me. The other thing, you know, feminists, you know, one of the very first lies out of their mouth is um, 
how much they hate men. But yet at the same time, they want women to be as like men. To the point where um, now it's not enough to be like men. The whole movement, the whole, you know, the whole kickoff has been now to change our girls to men physically through um, transgender ideology. And again, this, it's not an attack on the transgender folks who are actually suffering from this mental um, disorder. We know that it doesn't display in adolescent girls. We know this because we have countless research papers on the topic that state it. It's this all-out war on femininity. We, it's not enough to be a woman. You also must be very much like a man. You must be able to do everything. And at the same time, the feminists argue, you know, oh, you know, we hate men. Toxic masculinity is, is the, the reason everything is messed up and we hate the patriarchy. I mean, these are things that they were saying at the advent of this third wave feminism in the 1960s. Um... And yet they want women to be so much like men. So which is it? Feminists? Because you you don't make any sense. Women are truly at their most powerful when we're being women. And men are their most awesome, their most amazing self when they're being men. But ladies, we can't sit here and lament, oh, where are all the good men? Where are all the men? What happened to the alpha males? When they have been emasculated for decades, decades, and we're all drinking the same Kool-Aid thinking, well, I could do it all. I don't, I don't need a man. I can raise these kids by myself if I have to. And maybe you can. Maybe you can, but it's not how it's supposed to be. So I really think, you know, I want to try this summer really to embrace that femininity that God has put out for us, has designed for us, has given us examples throughout the Bible, but especially in the mother of our Lord. Because I think it's important to build this counterculture against what we're seeing. You know, do you you not find it a little bit ridiculous (laughs) that um, Dr. Seuss has to be canceled. Cancel culture came for Dr. Seuss, but then, you know, oh, he's so offensive. Everybody's so offensive. But the number one song was Cardi B's. And I, I don't, I don't, I've never even listened to it, but I know what it stands for. Disgusting. You know, the same people are like, oh, you know, baby, it's cold outside. We got to get rid of that. It's so offensive. Rape culture. And yet Cardi B is the number one song of the year. Come on. Come on. Ladies, haven't you had enough? So for my young women who are listening, um, I really want to empower you because you are at that moment of your lives where you know you're really kind of at this cusp 
do I continue to follow or do I follow what society has laid out for me, this, you know, promiscuous, you know, uh, really no sense of um, self-care. We talk about, oh, you know, we have to have all this self-care, you know, self, 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 but that's all superficial and on the inside, but what are you doing in the in, or the outside, but what are you doing on the inside? My body's my temple. Yeah, but who's living in that temple? Who's living in that temple? Put God at the center of that. And you'll shine from the inside out. It doesn't matter what you look like on the outside. It doesn't mean if you're overweight, or it doesn't matter if you're overweight. It doesn't matter if you hit every branch on the tree coming down. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because people will recognize beauty, whether you are a California 10 or not. It doesn't matter. We were all created in God's image. Who's living on the inside of that temple? is my question. And I'm working on it too. I'm working on it too, because like I said, I'm a work in progress. And this is something that I think God has really been um, hinting to me, especially with a, a tween daughter, you know. Um, it's very easy to be sucked into um, the world of, the, of media and comparison games and whatnot. But femininity is more than just, you know, wearing pretty dresses and saying the right things. We're supposed to be the prayer warriors. We're supposed to be the ones who are um, making sure the family is praying. The husband is supposed to lead prayer and, and it really matters a lot if the man of the house is going to church more so than if the if the mother is going to church. Um, but women, we are supposed to set the example. And young ladies who are, who listen, uh, my hope for you is that you will see this much earlier than, than I have and, and people around me in my generation. And you will make the change towards femininity and help really bring this us back to beauty both inside and outside be honest to my older listeners the influencers a lot of them most of them are the millennials they've got an awful lot of power why because they grew up with the technology they know how to use it they have this outside-the-box way of thinking. If we want to bring back this pendulum, which has swung so far to the side of vulgarity and disgusting, it's like we're trying to outdo the ugly. You know, everything is uglier than the thing before it. Um, then it's going to take all of us and generational gaps. It doesn't matter. We can't sit there and, well you know, those young people today or, you know, because I don't want to hear it. Uh, the 1960s weren't the millennials. All right. So some of you are lamenting that portion of your lives, which you might've been a part of. That's okay. It's all right. All right. God's working on all of us. But for my young listeners, you know, the young women, you guys lead the way in so many ways. 
you can take back this idea of beauty. I'm hearing a lot that um, there's a there's a big lament um, of finding a suitable partner. I can't find a man. Um, I I can't find uh, a good man. And those two things may not be the same for some people, right? Some people just want to find a man and some people just really want to find a good man, right? Um, Just because you found a man doesn't make him a good man. Men should strive to be gentlemen. Women should strive to be ladies. And I can't even believe I'm saying that because like I said, I'm kind of the F-bomb mama, right? Working on it. Like I said, the Holy Spirit's been impressing upon my heart. Need to fix this. Um, but I really think, you know, young ladies, young women, you know, young 20-somethings, early 30-somethings, you guys are the influencers. If you want to see this change, you want to see society become respectful and um, attractive and glamorous again, um, and, Gosh, you guys could just do so much with that. You're already at the forefront of basically all of it. Uh, you know, TikTok, all of these these different mediums. Like, I think that the wave could happen so fast, it would make the Gen Xers and everybody before us, it would just make our head spin. There, just flat out head spin. If we could embrace that feminine beauty that God designed for us. The voices that are being heard are not necessarily the voices of the majority. This pro-choice in our face movement, um, the, you know, the women's march, right? Where conservative women and women who are second amendment supporters and women who are pro-life are absolutely without, um, doubt, not welcome 98% of the time, right? Uh, If I go in with my pro-life, Second Amendment, pro-Trump, pro-conservative, you know, things, um, they would throw me out. Like I I would be a target. Um, But they're not the majority. They're just the ones who get all the media attention because the media agrees with them. The media agrees with the vulgarity. The media is in bed with the ugly. And I think we've seen a whole lot of it since 2016 when Trump was elected. All of a sudden, you know, you want to protest the election of of Donald J. Trump by getting naked and screaming in the streets? I mean, how much more vulgar and ugly can it get? There's always a joke, I see it on uh, Instagram all the time, about um, feminists and uh, how you can tell the difference between feminist women and conservative women uh, because conservative women are substantially more attractive. Um, I didn't say it. I'm just saying I know a lot of you are on Instagram and you follow the memes, so you've seen them too. Um, But, you know... (laughs) something to be said about that, right? Do you embrace the vulgarity? Do you embrace the ugly? Do you embrace this, you know, this lifestyle where everybody is trying to outdo each other for ugly awards? And I don't mean, you know, their faces, their bodies. I mean, just in general, our speech is ugly. Have you noticed? Have you ever watched like old movies? Our speech, especially mine, 
Um, our speech is ugly. It's vulgar. It's disgusting. Would we be welcomed into heaven with this? They always used to say, do you kiss your mama with that mouth? Um, but now it's everywhere. Would you, would you talk to Jesus this way? And like I said, I'm a work in progress. <laughs> I'm a work in progress. You know, I heard uh, years and years ago, um, going back to the, you know, looking for a partner, looking for a man, looking for, um, you know, that significant other topic. Um, I heard long, long ago, several, several years ago, back at the um, other church, the non-Catholic church that I was going to for years, um, in regards to that, the pastor said, you know, the problem with people is that they have these standards set. You know, I want to find a man who's got a really good job. He's, you know, Christ-centered. He's, you know, a family man. You know, he's only got eyes for me. Um, He will love me, just me and my children. And, you know, um, it'll be happily ever after, forever and ever. And then, you know, you go out and do all of the opposite of those things. Um, and so he said, you know, it comes down to this simple con- concept. And young people who are not married, please listen, listen up. It comes down to this simple con- concept. Be the person who you are looking for is looking for. Be the person or become the person that the person you are looking for will be looking for. Because if you're the type who is promiscuous, if you're the type who is, you know, going out and partying and drinking and smoking and doing drugs and, do, you know, just living this wild lifestyle, but you want someone who's the opposite of that, when you bump into that someone that you think, oh, this person is amazing. I, I, they, I could spend the rest of my life with that's exactly who I'm looking for. You aren't going to be what that person is looking for. Because that person isn't looking for someone who's living the wildlife or you know doing all of those things. They're not looking for that. And you're not going to find them. Because while you may physically find them, you are not going to be that person for them. And they're going to move on and that's going to hurt. So be the person or become the person who you are looking for is looking for. Ladies, take back that femininity. And I really want to dig deeper into this. Um, So that's what I'm going to be doing and we'll probably talk more about it in the future. But again, look up Dr. Carrie Gress, G-R-E-S-S, Look up Sister Miriam, I think it's Hildebrand, um, on YouTube. If, I think if you, put, if you just start typing in Sister Miriam, um, she'll come up. Uh, look into that. Start digging around and find out what does it mean? What does God mean for women? Because he didn't make us to be just this servant right? There's a beauty in being a homemaker. And any one of you out there who are, who is listening and you're a stay-at-home mom, God bless you. 
God bless you because not a single person on this planet can tell you that that job isn't hard. There are plenty of days where uh, you want to rip out all of your hair, the kids are driving you nuts, and you are maybe just a little bit considering driving the car off a bridge. I'm not saying you're going to do it. I'm just saying we've all been there, Mama. Okay, there are plenty of times where my family drives me crazy. So being a stay-at-home mom and raising your children and being present for them is a huge, huge job. And it's extremely underappreciated in this society. But if we take back that femininity, if we take back that which God gave to us, this gift of being mothers, of being wives, of being good friends and good sisters, nurturing and loving and compassionate and forgiving and prayer warriors, imagine what we could change in society right now. Not 50 years from now, right now, right now. We don't have to live like this. We don't have to put up with the loud mouths. We don't have to put up with this anymore. We don't. The power is within us. Women shape society. And we do it fast, ladies. The 60s were not that long ago. I know for some of you were like, that was ancient. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago, okay? Really, it wasn't. And look what changed. And it changed real fast. We could do it again. We could do it again. We could give meaning to the word femininity by honoring God's plan for it. This is what he had planned all along. You know, this Equality Act that Joe Biden signed, thank you, is such a slap in the face of womanhood that you think that the feminist would be utterly reeling about it. But they're not. They're nowhere to be found. But what about us, women? What about us, ladies, Young ladies, my young listeners, like when you start having children, when you have families, what are you going to raise your families into? This vulgarity, this, I'm telling you right now, there's a war on, on men if you haven't seen it. And I think probably you have um, because, you know, we're not, you know, leftists here, but if you haven't seen the war on men, the most persecuted among us are the white Christian males they, that are heterosexual. Honestly, they can't do a daggone thing right. Nothing right. Toxic masculinity is not the enemy. Masculinity is a blessing and it's a divine blessing. That's something that we need. We don't need to take that away. And we certainly can't lament, where are all the men at? Well, You told them they were unimportant. You told them that you didn't need them. You told them to basically go to hell. So they left. And they're miserable too. They said um, that, you know, since the 1960s, since women have entered the workforce um, full-time and very few women are at home, women having to make the choice between um, family and career in, in a lot of circumstances, not all, but a lot of women make the choice. Um, the statistics show that women, Western women on average, are not happier. We're not happier. The suicide rates of women are much higher than they ever used to be um, prior to the 60s. Um, 
you know, and I'm not saying it started in the 60s, uh, the statistics, but, um, you know, as you look backwards. But women are not happier. I, I think I've said it before, 73% of all Americans are on some type of mind-altering drug, whether it's an antidepressant, uh, anger medicine, et cetera, et cetera. 73% and growing. Now with the advent of you know COVID from 2020, we've got more young people on these antidepressants and whatnot than ever, ever before. People are suffering. They feel this hole within them, this emptiness. And <laughs> the world belongs to the enemy. The children of darkness are in control across the globe. You know, Satan is the king of the world and he's in full control. All you guys have to do is look around, open your eyes and look around. He is in full control. So if he's in full control, you know darn well things are not going to get better. They're going to get a whole lot worse before God says, all right, enough. You've had your fun. Now it's time to lay the smack down and then it will get better. But ladies, we can do our part. We don't have to, we don't have to let him run rampant across the globe. We don't have to put up with this crap. We still always have time right up until God says, that's it. No more time. We have time to do the right thing and set the right example Set the example for each other. Set the example for our daughters. Set the example for our grandchildren. Bring back femininity. Drop the vulgarity. Let's begin to act like ladies. Let's put Christ at the center of our lives and really show them. We don't have to be quiet about it. We can say, look, you know, when people say, you know, you look very nice or whatnot, you know, you can say thank you. And if, you know, people want to talk about why are you so poised and why, well, what are you doing here? What's so different about you? I've decided to make some very important changes in my life, starting with Christ being at the center and inspire other people. I mean, what have we got to lose? I don't want my daughter being exposed to Cardi B I've heard horrible things about adrenochrome and all this other stuff. Uh, um, potentially, you know, some of these uh, huge celebrities that might be, you know, Satan worshipers and all this other stuff. Um, I don't want her exposed to that. Let's fight back. Why? Why are they getting all of this free advertisement in our brains? Like this is ridiculous. Let's let's fight back. Ladies, if you want men to treat you like ladies, we've got to act like ladies. We can't expect men to be gentlemen unless we demand it of them. And you demand it of them by acting like a lady. If you look at all animal species, the female dictates how the male behaves. The female dictates how the male behaves. The female dictates how the male looks. You don't believe me? Look at birds of paradise. There are so many varieties of birds of paradise and they're each more elaborate than the last one. And they're beautiful. Like every time you think that's the most beautiful one, here comes another one. And you're like, what? That one's the most beautiful one. You thought, I always, I, I'm a huge fan of peacocks. I think they're amazing. 
But um, you think, how can a bird look so amazing? And then you look at the birds of paradise and you're like, how do they look both so amazing and in some instances so crazy? Feathers everywhere, just crazy. And that's because the female decided, oh, I like crazy feathers over here. That's what I like. So then they all started developing crazy feathers. Women aren't much different. We dictate what we want to see in our society, in our men, in our lives. So if we're surrounded by vulgarity, if we're surrounded by Cardi B and Miley Cyrus and and all of this, and we're kind of appalled by it, that should tell us something. We can make the change, but we have to be the change first. Okay, I know we went long, but ladies, I really, really hope that um, this strikes a chord with you. I wish I would have grasped this years and years ago um, so I'd be like so much further ahead than I am right now. Um, But I think it's very important. You know, we've got a lot of garbage politically happening. We've got a lot of garbage globally happening. COVID is garbage. The vaccine is garbage. Um, we've got some, we've got a bad moon rising, but we don't have to go quietly into that dark night. We've got an awful lot of power as women. The feminists want you to believe that you don't have any power because the patriarchy took it all from you. Mm -mm. God gave you power, sister. God gave you power. Remember Eve. Eve was the one who convinced Adam to sin. And she takes a lot of flack. She takes a lot of flack. But Adam gave up his power and defaulted to her, which is why the man is supposed to be the head of the household and why she is the strength with him. She supports him. She loves him. But when he sacrificed his strength and flipped everything on its head, she convinced him to sin. And everything went haywire from there. But then along came Our Lady, Our Blessed Mother, and she set it right. She set it right with humility and grace and beauty by saying, yes, she would be the mother of God. We can emulate her and we can strive to be just like her, but it's going to take some work. It's going to take some work. I think we can do it. All right. Like I said, this went long. I think it's very important. Ladies, get the message out there. Let's start a movement. Let's really start a movement, a new feminine movement, not a feminist movement, but one centered around the design that God had planned and has planned for each of us. Motherhood is not a burden. Children are not a burden. They're definitely not something to be sacrificed simply because of bad choices or whatever the case may be. Okay? That's the most powerful thing women can do. There's nothing more woman out there than producing children. There's nothing more feminine out there. It's funny that these crazy people talk about, you know, all this pro-abortion, but we have to save the planet. Our Mother Earth. Right. You don't see the uh, correlation there? Okay, whatever. Okay. 
went long. Thank you guys for listening. Ladies, I think we can do this. Um, I don't know. I really do. Um, definitely look into uh, Carrie Grass. Look into her book, The Anti-Mary Exposed. Um, you can catch it over on Amazon before cancel culture gets rid of it, but check it out. I just bought mine. It's not a huge book. We're not talking war and peace here. You'll love it. Um, my cat is literally standing on the other cat. I don't understand this. They're both boys. I don't know what's going on. Okay. On that note, uh, crazy is always happening here in my household. Love and God bless. And we will talk to you again for Friday fun day. Good night.